Hello, and welcome back to the Electric Punch Podcast. As always, I am your host, Logan Grigsby, and we're going to have an overwhelmingly outstanding show for you tonight. But first, we have the obvious unfortunate announcements. It has been quite a week for UDM, so trigger warning if you want to skip ahead a minute or so. Uh, A lot of shit has gone down in the UDM community, and we at the Electric Punch Podcast absolutely stand with the victims and survivors of sexual assault. We think it is absolutely disgusting that some people try to take advantage of their positions to groom, drug, and take advantage of people. We believe in creating and maintaining a space that is inviting, welcoming, and and happy and safe, and most importantly, safe for people of all cultures, ethnicities, and backgrounds. We hope to build a community where you feel safe and comfortable and your ability to call a creep the fuck out. So again, fuck the government, fuck Putin, fuck fentanyl dealers, and most importantly, fuck the monsters who groom and take advantage of their positions in the community. Also, fuck you, Misa. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right because you're a cunt, but... With that out of the way, I would like to welcome tonight's guest, Captain Carnage, Master of the Flow Arts, the Rave Spider himself, Mr. Ian Fast. How's it going? First off, I'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to come on with us tonight. So my first question is obviously, who is the superior Spider-Man and why? Is it Toby? Is Is it the new kid on the block? What's your opinion? My favorite Spider-Man. I currently, I mean, I mean the comic book varieties. You know, Spider-Man a lot of different 20, things. If but, we get on the comics, I'm I going Spider-Man I, 2099. That that's high on the list. I'd have to say that's probably my favorite. But as far as like any other depictions out of the comic books, it's definitely Tom Holland at this point. Tom Holland All at this Spider-Man point. Spider-Man. That okay. He's done so, far. so if you ever heard of a little game called Mary Fuck Kill, Tom yeah. Holland. Toby McGuire can't quite remember the third one's name right now. <laughs> Let's Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Let's hear it. Mary fuck kill. Oh god. That would have to be um I'm definitely I'm definitely I'm going to marry Andrew Garfield. Okay, okay. Going to fuck Tom Holland and I'm sorry I'm going to kill Toby McGuire. Uh. Fell, fell. Yeah. I love him and I grew up with him, but looking back, he was a little too old to be Spider Man. I would love to see a Into the Spider Verse where he plays old man Tobey Maguire. It, it wasn't all his fault, I don't think. And honestly, he's to me, he's great as Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't quite do it for Spider Man for me. Absolutely. Um, but honestly, my favorite depiction of all three of them so far has been No Way Home. All no of Way their Home. performances. Yeah, absolutely. In that, absolutely. Actually. That was just. Honestly, one of the best movies ever made. Let's let's top tier, top tier. Okay, so let's get a little started with a little bit of background. Are you a Kansas City native? Not originally, no. Actually, I'm from Illinois originally. Illinois originally, and then kind Um, of moved around. Or when did you move uh, up here? Lived in Quincy, Illinois, my hometown, until I was 21, and I actually started going to Missouri Western in uh, St. Joseph. Okay. Um, I was. Still teaching Taekwondo, I was a fourth degree black belt. I was engaged oh. to a, a British girl who was also a fourth degree black belt. Okay, so you actually and can do Spider-Man moves. Actually, kind of. I need to learn a backflip. I can't oh. do that. I can do an aerial. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a side flip. But, mm-hmm. um, but no, I moved from there to St. Joe to start going to Missouri Western. Was a music student there for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And then moved to Kansas City about five years ago. Okay. So when do you, would you say that you joined the EDM community? It was about three and a half years ago now. Kind of came to it. The flow community brought me to the EDM community, mm-hmm. and the EDM community brought me to the flow Absolutely. community. Absolutely, they they are like peanut butter and jelly. Very interesting combination, but 
Absolutely. So what was kind of like their first show joining the community? And do you have any particular shows that like stand out in your head? I mean, ones that stand out. I mean, the, the first big show I went to actually probably uh, Dylan Francis and Alice in Wonderland. Oh, that stands oh, out. Oh, oh, fantastic. February of 2019. That was, that was an interesting confluence of things. I actually run into, ran into somebody I hadn't seen for like mm-hmm. a few years there at the show. He lives in like oh, in uh, uh, Nebraska, and it was kind of a, just a crazy kind of thing. But um, honestly, it's a number of shows. But I mean, some of the ones I gravitate towards, and when I remember them, is um, underground shows because not all those big shows have I ever been able to. You know, I so, spin I spin nunchucks, so I can't believe, always, I believe can't I've seen you, have those have seen you at the warehouse a few times. Correct? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yep, those, definitely, those stand out uh, probably. Probably the Recno and Super Future show is probably my favorite from there. Oh, yeah. So how do you feel like you've seen the scene change since you've joined it to today? Obviously, we had COVID and everything, but... Yeah, I mean, everything's pretty much come back to mm-hmm. a similar form that it was in. Things Absolutely. a little different in diff- different places. Honestly, but. I feel like we're kind of in that in a renaissance now. In a way, we had that big bump, and now I feel like so many people, especially after COVID, were like, okay, I just want to get out of the house and do something, and then they went to their first show, and like, oh, shit, this is badass. Okay, so what kind of was your inspiration to get into flow arts? Actually, it's been a, a years and years kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I did martial arts for 15 years, taekwondo. Um Nunchucks was never really my big thing back then. Funny, mm-hmm. it was my ex-fiance's. Uh, that was her main weapon. It wasn't mine. But, but I kind of just started getting out some of my old practice nunchucks off and on over like the late, last eight years or so. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have, wasn't really consistent with it over like probably, would that be a five-year period until I bought some LED nunchucks about three and a half years ago. Okay. Um, and then it just, you know... Uh, Shows and continuously there. spinning, and, and after a while, I, I couldn't put it down. Absolutely. So how would you describe flow arts to somebody who isn't quite in the scene, doesn't quite understand what it is? I mean, basically, it's, it's art through movement, mm-hmm. um, a visual art through movement, and it's done with a, a staggeringly wide different number mm-hmm. of, of props and things Absolutely. that people dance with, basically. Um, some are more like that than others, um, but it's definitely it's it's very much more expansive than than I even could really tell Absolutely, at first yeah. when I got it into it. It starts from hula hoops and gloves all the way up to whips and like you said, nunchucks. So I've seen crazy stuff now. I've seen people do stuff with two or three dragon staffs. If you know what a dragon staff is, oh shit, okay. A dragon staff is a long staff that's got. Uh, basically spokes around the ends. Mm-hmm. So people do a lot of contact things with it, like with their, their body just rolling the staff on their body and it causes the ends to spin oh, hell yeah. and the spokes to spin. And, and people use LED, people do fire with those. Like saw somebody do three fire dragon staffs at once at a uh, recent uh, flow festival in Wichita called Equilibrium. Oh, that, was, yeah. that was something insane. So... How long do you think it would take somebody training to even be close to having that sort of ability? I imagine oh, it, somebody doing like that had to be practicing it, for years it, and years. It right? takes years and years. A lot of the performers I saw at Equilibrium, which is a pretty small event, it was probably mm-hmm. 150 to 200 people total between like probably all the staff running it and all the attendees. And most everybody there was a performer, though. Absolutely. Like, it, it was crazy, but it, it takes years. I've seen people like the, the, somebody I know in Kansas City who's a performer, he goes by Admiral. 
um, one of the best contact staff spinners mm-hmm. in the country, but he won the fire competition okay. there. Okay. He's been doing fire for, and, and flow in general for over a decade, I believe. Oh, I think yeah. a little bit over. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, to get to some of those points mm-hmm. that I'm talking about that I've seen in, in my performing in the last two years now that I've really gotten into it and started do, doing fire spinning, it's, it's been, uh, you're talking, gosh, I performed with people at the Renaissance Festival who've got a, just between two of them, over two decades worth of, of experience. Amazing. Okay, so what kind of, so I know you said ex-fiance did the nunchucks. What did you start with, and what would you kind of recommend a beginner look at? My main kind of stuff when I was in martial arts, at least, with, with uh, weapons training was staff and uh, something called commas. Mm-hmm. Um, commas are like a short stick with a curving blade off the end. Okay. Kind of like a mini sigh or something. Um, um, but that was my, my favorite, honestly. And I, I did staff a decent amount. Um, and I would definitely recommend for anyone wanting to, to get into flow art or, or something, it, it's easy to start with staff because you, you can think of all the number of random household objects or other things that are just a long stick. Like, that's really easy to obtain to, to get started for you know, just somebody who's not done it ever and wants to. Absolutely, absolutely. So. The Rave Spider. Fucking love it. What was kind of the initial inspiration for that? Were you just kind of like in a Halloween store? Did you just see the newest Spider-Man movie? It it was an interesting thing. I had bought a uh, Mm Spider-Man costume for Halloween the year before Mm -hmm. in 2018. And I started going to shows, you know, and and I was spinning LED nunchucks. And I had gone to like my 30th birthday. It was my first show at the warehouse. Mm -hmm. and it, It was the Till Dawn show. And I'm sure that... A lot of people remember that because there was a lot of people through yeah. there that night. That was that was a crazy night, but uh, that was really the first time that I really I spun for gosh that whole show nearly four mm-hmm. hours. My my right hand hurt <laughs> the next day, and I was really only spinning one nunchuck at that time. But it was just a random thing where I was like, you know, people wear all kinds of outfits yeah, and stuff at, at shows and these. stuff. So I was trying to think of you know what could I what could I do, and I, I just thought about it. and I was like, wait a minute you've got that Spider-Man suit still from last Halloween. Let's throw this on. And it was, it was what I was almost shocked by how I actually managed to look decent in one. I was Mm -hmm. like, I didn't really think about it beforehand. And I was like, all right, that works. Just grab a fanny pack, throw that on. Like, grabbed a gold fanny pack to go with the iron spider I had. And I just, I went to a show at the warehouse one night to test it out. And gosh, it was hot. It was the, the heat wave show, the chaos show. It was, like 90 degrees that day was the high and it was the hottest it had been like quite that to that point but that was my first show doing it and it just it just became a thing of its own i just after a week i was like suddenly the name rave spider <laughs> popped into my head and i'm like this is it, and it was like right before oh, the next show i went to in one and i'm like wait a minute wait a minute and it just rolled from there love it love <laughs> it love it I just kind of kept accumulating other suits and random stuff, and absolutely, I kind of got into it a little bit. I did theater years ago, so like the whole costume part of it really, really kind of appealed to me. So, what do you think is your favorite rave spider outfit? Is uh, personally for me, I I know I said a little bit earlier, I love the Captain Carnage, but do you have a personal favorite? At this point, it's it's almost kind of a tie between uh that mm. um and kind of the carnage suit in general it's it's Absolutely. probably my favorite suit that i have but now i've i've had this 
I've had this random like sequin tank top that I got like mm -hmm. two years ago. I didn't really like, I was like, that looks interesting. I'm going to get that. And I hadn't really used it barely at all. But I got this male Spider Gwen suit recently. Okay. I'm, call I'm calling it Spider Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> and I slapped that over that and I'm like, all right, this. So it's kind of between those two. Okay. Because okay. the one with the, the, that tank top and the, like, the, the suit's white and mm -hmm. black and, and pink and blue and like. Colorful. Yeah, it's, it's colorful. That. And yeah. so I was like, all right, I like this with this. So mm -hmm. that's kind of kind of tying and it, it stands out to people you know it shiny shirt i love shiny shirts now <laughs> it's terrible okay so you have performed performed at obviously many festivals from reconnection to dance fest to ren fest what do you think you would say you're most proud of having a hand in mm, honestly i'd have to say at this point Equilibrium is kind of up there just because mm -hmm. of all the performers that were there. But honestly, it was probably being a performer in a, a teaching a workshop at Dance Festopia with the Reconnection stage this year. Absolutely, absolutely. That was, that was a beautiful experience. And what what is what what is your favorite uh, workshop to attend that you have personally attended? You know, I I haven't gotten because I've really been pretty new to festivals. Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten to as many of those things as I would like to, but. Did do a poi workshop at uh, Equilibrium okay. with a, a performer who's insane. I, I wish I could remember her name off the top of my head right now, but met so many different people there. But mm -hmm. um, that would probably have to be. And it was it was stuff that was hard for me because it was a little more advanced. It was these uh, uh, slide tosses that were real interesting, but mm -hmm. um, but it was really difficult for me. I couldn't I couldn't do two hands like everybody else is mm -hmm. doing. <laughs> I was, I was a little I was because I'm still pretty new to poi in mm -hmm. general. You know, I've been spinning nunchucks for years and years, but never never moving something similar in a poi style. So it, it's it's a learning curve. Absolutely, like, absolutely. Okay, so take us behind the scenes. What does the average day of working a festival kind of look like for you? I mean, it was I got kind of spoiled at Dance Fest because mm -hmm. I got to camp right next to the reconnection stage with the performers. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, I tried to, to, you know, always be around the reconnection stage mm -hmm. for, for at least a little bit of time during the day. But, you know, I, I taught, uh, my nunchuck workshop on, on Saturday, uh, at dance or no, was it Friday? It was Friday actually. Um, the day is all blurred. But it, when it's a five-day camping trip, and the day yeah, is definitely I definitely blurred. didn't want to have taught it on Saturday because I think it would have been raining at that time when I taught it. Yeah. It would have been uh, not a good time. On Saturday, no that one rain. Wants, when it's cold and rain, nobody wants to spend on jokes except for me. Well, you got to you got to keep the body warmth going. You got to keep yourself that, going. That rain was brutal, but it absolutely made the stage look beautiful. I got to give it that. Sure. Okay, so... No, but there's, you know, a couple performer meetings that I had to mm -hmm. go to and that kind of thing. And, you know, being at the main stage, you know, not just not just being there, just spinning fire, but you're safetying, mm -hmm. you know, you're every once in a while you might be opening a, a fuel container, you know, you're helping make things go. Yeah, so, you know, absolutely. Just it, helping out. It didn't quite feel as much like work, though, because that really doesn't to me now. Mm -hmm. The number of times I've helped make a fire circle happen at things, it just, it, I like making the fire happen. Absolutely. <laughs> So you have been a safety chief, if that if that's the work term. I don't know the actual I, I term. I ran a fire circle actually. Now at, a, at my first festival, doing yeah. that was uh, Magic Moon, Magic in the beginning Moon. of August. 
So when you do that, what kind of what do your safety meetings look like, and what are some of the absolute do's and don'ts when it comes with playing with fire? I'm, I mean, you're just you're making sure that all the performers. It, Reconnection did it really, really well. It's mm-hmm. Some people I've I've worked with now, uh, um, a uh, performer from Wichita, um, but I've worked with him now. I even uh, did some fire safety at Yoga Brain. I was a co-fire safety lead there with uh, uh, his name is Tyler Duncan. He, <laughs> does a yoga studio in uh, Wichita. Just going to yeah. advertise for him real quick through breath yoga. But anyway, um, he's really good. He works with reconnection. Um, and it's basically just, you know, you run down with people stuff like you got to make sure you wear natural fiber clothing, mm-hmm. um, making sure that, you know, if it is a, an event where your, your spinners are safetying, that everyone is making sure they rotate in, they relieve somebody after they spin. Absolutely. But safety is very important. You never want to spin fire just by yourself, you know, with, with no safety there. And it's, good to keep an eye on that if you're ever like if you are a fire person out there just to remind anyone like make sure that you have a safety that is near you in a fire Mm -hmm. circle Mm -hmm. because i actually burned myself at equilibrium and that was part of Mm -hmm. part of it there was no uh, safety on that side of the fire circle it was very hot. It was about 100 <laughs> degrees. I was no longer wearing a shirt, and I just so, uh, brushed yeah, myself. Out of and, curiosity, you, know, you just keep kind of going for. when that happens? Or? I, I knew it was happening on my side. There was literally flame I could see with my peripheral vision when oh, I was looking man. down. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. And I look over. There's no safety. And I'm like, oh. And I start moving <laughs> around to try to put it out with my body motion. That's not working. So I just give up and drop a nunchuck and yeah. put it out. Dude, By that time, unfortunately, it had, it had burned for about probably a good five or more seconds. Um, oh, yeah. Roasting skin. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Because it was fuel transfer. That's what actually happened. Mm, it actually was in the first the 10 to 15 seconds when I was uh, spinning. There was enough fuel left still for it to transfer mm-hmm. to my body. But Thankfully, though, I I currently live with a, another fire performer. Um, my roommate is one of the people I spun with mm-hmm. at Renaissance Festival, um, and she is really good with burn care. So she really, it was literally healed almost completely within like eleven days. Badass, you got oh, that yeah. connection because yeah, it was a palm sized burn. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty spicy. Okay, so were you a bit of a pyro kid as a kid? Actually, no, or, not yeah, at did all. Love of fire. Come I, later I on never life? really played with fire. Did anything with fire? I I just always viewed it as something something that's too risky, really, with mm-hmm. random crap to really. But but now I now I. Play with, training, play with fire and I'm actually a, have that practice <laughs> actually a, after a dance fest i got uh, fire insurance so i'm a fully insured performer oh, so i was like oh yeah congratulations um, now i professionally play with fire and i never <laughs> did as a kid Just, <laughs> so during a safety meeting have you or have you ever seen somebody have to tell somebody no they weren't taking safety seriously enough and they kind of couldn't <laughs> perform just because they weren't taking that- it that's, as seriously as they should. That's something else I, I kind of left off in a safety meeting. Um, one of the other things that's stressed usually at festivals, just because of, you know, there is probably substance use. You always want to make sure Absolutely. that you're drawn not too inebriated to do something like mm-hmm. that. Like, like, fire spinners should always be, like, examining themselves to make sure that they're okay to yeah, spin as well. Absolutely. Like, but definitely, if, like... It's the kind of thing where you have to tell people and you do have to look for that look when you're, when that. you're doing that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, when you're, you know, it, it saw a random guy try to walk up at dance fest in 2020. I wasn't actually like perf- a performer that year, but I was there spinning at the fire circle, of the reconnection stage. And we had to tell a guy, you know, we, no, we can't let you spin. Like you don't even have your own props. Like, mm-hmm. no, it's no. cause he could 
definitely tell him. Absolutely. At the end of the day, safety is the most important thing. And absolutely at festivals and stuff like that, there Mm -hmm. are going to be people using substances and stuff like that. And when you're playing with fire, you're playing with fire. Exactly. Uh, So I'm going to do this next question first with an apology. I'm not sure if you remember this, but I was once a drunk asshole at Dance Fest, and I think I kept stepping in your circle, and I definitely think I pissed you off. So from the bottom of my heart, I do apologize for that. It happens sometimes. Like, I always try to be extremely aware of my Mm -hmm. surroundings, but, you know, it, it... Inevitably, it, it's just it's going to happen. Somebody's going to walk too close, and I have pretty mm-hmm. good reflexes, thankfully. So mm-hmm. I usually pretty well avoid hitting anybody too hard. But absolutely, um, but I honestly don't even I don't even really remember that actually being a thing. It probably <laughs> it probably didn't bother me enough for mm-hmm. it to even register in my mind. It was just you know. But yeah, the the question is obviously uh, not obviously, but how do you deal with people kind of being too drunk or something like that, and kind of getting too close to the fire? Well, you know, you just. You have if if people are aware around mm-hmm. the circle that are there, either spinning, safetying, mm-hmm. you know, running a fuel depot, that kind of thing. You should always be aware of the people around it. You know, that's absolutely that's obviously why uh, uh, most of the time you see them with with some sort of some sort of ring light barrier of absolutely, some sort yeah. Cir- to tell people, hey, this is not where you walk because there is literally real fire in here. <laughs> I was the drunk asshole who did not respect the circle. And again, if it was apologize. 2019. I probably wasn't uh, spinning um, fire. I think it was two years ago, uh, but not completely two years ago, sure. 2020. Yeah. 20, I want to oh, say 2020. Okay. okay. So I don't particularly remember that. Well, good. Thank you for the apology. And, and Absolutely. you're fine. I do, you're fine. do my best to not be a drunk asshole and do stuff like that anymore. <laughs> that is growth. So what is some advice you would give to a beginning flow artist? And what do you think are like the easier toys to pick up for somebody who isn't so coordinated? I am. What's the word? Uh, not I'm, I'm just not coordinated at all. So, yeah, what is what is some advice you give give to somebody who's trying to get into it? I mean, finding it's an interesting thing, but like. Sometimes it's also finding the actual prop that's for you and, mm-hmm. and like really what that takes is that that takes getting out into the flow community and, and you know, for instance, the, the yeah, the the group on Facebook, uh, Flow Arts in Kansas City, mm-hmm. it used to be called Flow KC. Um, the group is still run by by Jayla. A mm-hmm. lot of people probably know who I'm talking about, but uh, she uh, definitely still has that group and it's it's still active. So like if you are somebody who's for instance, local in Kansas City wanting to do that, that's a good place to start. Um, there's a number of meetups you could find out about there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be getting colder, so those are going to be yeah, happening less, obviously. Absolutely. But uh, um, I, for one, am somebody who sometimes posts on there about being at local parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, flowing, Everybody goes to Loose and, and Hammocks. You know, loose, and um, if I can, if it's warm enough, sometimes if it's early enough, too, before the sun goes down, mm-hmm. I like to go to Caw Point when it's in I the late Caw fall. But yeah, it's uh, that's groups on Facebook, on social media, and mm-hmm. just trying to go out and and meet people. And you know, if that's what you're trying to do, trying to find the prop that's for you, you have to you have to spin a couple different things to see what works. But uh, absolutely, everything's um, going to be different. What somebody mm-hmm. somebody might be great at poise, somebody might be great at nunchucks. Yeah, you might you might find something random, like you might pick up somebody's levy wand and mm-hmm. like find oh I. This feels right. Um, 
Because that's honestly more often than not what I've noticed with people. Like I've had nunchucks in my mm-hmm. hands for 22 years now. So like, you they know, just feel natural. spinning, spinning them and starting to flow with them about eight years ago was, I don't know, it was different. And I almost didn't even register it at first, but, um, you know, so I've had that already for mm-hmm. a while, but, but, you know, for somebody else just starting out, you definitely want to pick a few different things up. And I've honestly personally started to find some flow with other things. Yeah, I think it has to do with, with seeing enough of it too, seeing mm-hmm. enough people perform with different things, seeing kind of how they choreograph it, their styles, how they yeah. do it. That absolutely makes sense. So what kind of advice would you give somebody who's a little bit more proficient in the flow arts and kind of maybe wanting to start looking into doing it professionally or just even just doing it at shows just for fun? I mean, I would, if I was that person, I would definitely start, uh, for one, I would definitely pick up fire at some point with a prop. Mm -hmm. Like, um, that's what I did two years ago. And, and, you know, I was out in the rave community, but, uh, as far as like, you know, just I was just, you know, around the local flow artists Mm -hmm. and I really didn't start to meet the real performers until after a certain point. And it really kind of started taking, picking up fire and and then you really start to meet those people a lot more. That makes sense. Um, but I would definitely, sorry, sorry. Uh, somebody has been doing it for a while. Definitely look at fire, potentially even look at learning some aerial stuff. Cause that's a, uh, something else that, that tends to be around mm-hmm. fire as well for performing. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So how do you go about planning out and choreographing your acts? Do you usually sit there and practice like what exactly you're going to do ahead of time? Or do you just kind of go with the music and go with the vibe? A decent amount of the time. Most of the time I'm, I'm just, flowing mm-hmm. i'm not necessarily having choreographed something but a decent amount of the time I, I i am sometimes before certain stuff that i i know is you know mm-hmm. you know fire spinning at, at, at dance fest i knew what a particular artist might be doing and i just mm-hmm. kind of tried to follow the music but some of that was was a little thought of beforehand Absolutely. not necessarily all in the the order of movements but um, kind of getting a general I have, idea. I would like to do some know. of that with fire, but I haven't really had the opportunities quite yet. Mm-hmm. I've only been performing really for the last two years. So, um, but I did do some choreography back in my martial arts days. Cause I did, I taught for seven years. Yeah. And also, uh, my original instructor one year, I actually, I think either one or two years, I definitely put together their, uh, demo team performance. Mm-hmm. Like, that was me. I put, I did all that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was honestly a really fulfilling experience, and I really wanted like to do that something similar to that with fire and with you know an actual group of performers. It would be, Absolutely. it would be great. <laughs> so, uh, how much of a physical workout is flow arts? And do you have gym? Do you go to the gym or do specific workouts to keep in fitness with that? I need to get back to running. Um, I have kind of gone to the gym before, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Honestly, running is a big thing for me. Absolutely. Um, keep keep just the lately, long lately, dexterity. Lately smoking too many cigarettes, but I need to <laughs> put those down before winter. Um, but no, uh, um, keeping up with fitness and definitely um, trying to get stretching. Or if you if you do yoga at all, that w- that's something that's really good for keeping up physically. With, Absolutely. With doing flow arts or performing, you know, if you're trying to do it often, um, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So that does kind of prior to a show, what do you do to limber up and get ready? Do you a lot of stretching yoga, stuff like that before? Just make sure I I do a lot of, um, 
more upper body stretches, mm-hmm. particularly mm-hmm. before I'm actually going to, to spin. I do 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 some stretching, but it, it's honestly usually pretty minimal unless mm-hmm. I'm I'm particularly planning to. For instance, I've started doing something with a broken nunchuck. I have it's a fire mm-hmm. nunchuck, one of my first ones, because I left one at Caw Point Park and it oh, it disappeared. Oof. And the other one I had messed up some of the screws that held the mm-hmm. cap that was on that one, the connector for that particular setup that Dark Monk had sent me, and it was. It was unfortunate, but now I've started kind of using them like torches, and I also use them like, like short stick, uh, double mm-hmm. short sticks in uh, martial arts. Um, and that's been interesting because I've been trying to throw in actually some martial arts kicking, some taekwondo kicking during those to put it together with the fire. And, you know, and it was interesting. I've done it a couple of times at actually performing at Renaissance Festival, but I've definitely stretched a little more before that because I'm definitely, I haven't trained actively in martial arts for about... 10 years now mm-hmm. at the end of this year and i really need to get back to it a little bit but yeah um but it definitely i'm i'm not as quite as flexible as i used to be i just i would be terrified if i was spinning fire and all of a sudden i get hit with a charlie horse or something like that i actually one time at the renaissance festival mm-hmm. actually i think minorly tore my hamstring last oof, year oof. um i had thought it was just pulled it but I talked to a guy at Dance Fest this year. Um, I had this mm-hmm. really big blood bruise on the back mm-hmm. of my leg. I was mostly towards the, like the my knee, but it was like pretty large. And I talked to him about that, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that's probably actually a tear of some sort. Uh, that Oof. much that much internal bleeding mm-hmm. in your leg like that." Like, so yeah, I, <laughs> that was unfortunate. While doing what I was just talking about with the the fire torches, it was. Oof, it hurt. Yeah. I, I, I finished, but, but ooh, it was not a good time Just after gotta, that. Yeah, kind of fight through the pain oh, sometime. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I kept performing. Signal. I kept performing, too, and it was, oof, it was hard to get through. Like. And then I was, like, definitely, definitely a little slow, a little hobbled for a little while. Absolutely, absolutely. So, That's why I need to do it more, because I'm just not quite as flexible or, or mm-hmm. naturally limber as I used to be. Age hits us all. Age hits us all. So, do you ever get nervous, and how has your feelings of confidence changed from when you first started perf- from performing to today? Honestly, I took to it pretty quickly, and, and it's partially because I've been performing in a lot of different uh, mediums through my life. Like, mm-hmm. first was martial arts and music, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, after that I did musical theater and, and acting in college and i've there's just been so many different kinds of performing that i've done that when i started doing fire it was just like uh, it was the same thing so i honestly don't get a lot of real nerves about much of that anymore like i I might get some like might get some low level anxiety (laughs) but it's usually it usually gives me a little boost energy in the beginning and it's like all right cool this is fine <laughs> absolutely absolutely so do you have any kind of like pre-show pre-show rituals you do every time do you do like a little hail mary do you ever like eat a specific meal or anything like that not really per se like i usually try to get to events and things or if i know i'm going to be performing or spinning fire i try to get there early and honestly i i kind of just try to get I don't know any other way to put this other than just get in the zone. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Think about what you might want to throw in if it's, you know, and like I said, most of my performance so far has been, you know, somewhat prepared sometimes, um, but mostly just, you know, improv flow. Absolutely. So what kind of emotions do you try to convey and how do you go about conveying them when flowing? I mean, I just, 
a main thing that I try to do because of my my uh, history with music is I really try to to lock into following the music as mm-hmm. much as I possibly can. Um, I just try to to sink into that and let my body express through whatever motions or spins or whatever I want to do with like, and, and nunchucks are a lot more uh, uh, versatile than I mm-hmm. really thought at first because I've gotten into combining some poi movement with them and I've discovered uh, some other things on my own. It's been, I don't know. So, so at this point, like I'm really trying to think about the, the movements and, and, you know, I'm, I'm probably still pretty, pretty beginner level in this, but like mm-hmm. the shapes that I can make really like, mm-hmm. um, that's why I need to get into poi more because different stalls and different things that people do literally to like make shapes and angles and stuff. It just, that stuff's so cool to me. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So it just takes practice and changing around doing, doing it with different toys. Okay. So have you ever participated in any, uh, like flow competitions? Not yet. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I hadn't been in such a, if I could have taken off work and been a little more prepared at equilibrium, I probably would have competed in the, the, mm-hmm. They had an LED competition okay. on Friday and then a fire competition on Saturday. Uh, that was back in July. Uh, but I probably would have done that. But I just, I was volunteering there too. And it just, I, I got there right before I needed to be there for a shift on that Friday. And it just didn't work out for me to do mm-hmm. either one of those. Like, um, But I'm, I'm definitely wanting to, if I go to some sort of flow event or something like that. Uh, uh, flow festivals are cool. I need to get to absolutely, more. Absolutely. Equilibrium really was my first one. So Pardon the pun, but. Can they get pretty heated? <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, uh, the the people that I was around at Equilibrium were mm-hmm. all pretty pretty uh, um, good about you know. Th- there was none of that really. Mm-hmm. You know, there no one was. There wasn't really any kind of of conflict or anything that I saw. We just all were there to make this beautiful thing happen and there you go and absolutely it's kind of what i liked absolutely. about that you know because because well, you know i love festivals but it, it was it just was a different thing for going to something where you know most of the intention from the the participants and and people there is dedicated specifically to the the movement art that we all do you know all it, enjoy. It was, yeah absolutely. so that that was that was something that made it honestly pretty different for that particular festival. Okay. So do you have any crazy stories or experiences that have happened while working a show? I mean, I got to think about that one for a second. I'm sorry. Skip over. Do you have any flow artists that inspire you? And what about them inspire you? Oh, definitely. Um, plenty of people, um, especially like even even local people that like people I've performed with mm-hmm. um people that I've met or or learned different things because that's honestly it it's it's kind of like you as a performer you're you're you can't just be a one man island you know Absolutely. it's a there's a community of people out there and and honestly we all we all benefit the more people that are involved in it. And it's, that's what I love about flowers is it's really for everybody, whether you want to mm-hmm. be a, a performer or you just, you just enjoy hanging out with the people want and to flow and enjoy doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's really what I love about flower arts though. It's for everybody. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I love 
uh, going back to EDM, the inclusive inclusivity of it, and just anybody can be a part of it. And it sounds like the flow community is exactly the same way. They're inclusive. They're happy, and even in the competitions, it doesn't sound like there's beef. It sounds like everybody just wants to see their see each other succeed and have fun and see cool new things they maybe haven't seen before. No, that was a cool part that that those two have in common that I noticed as mm-hmm. I was you know starting out. You know, because honestly, I've had mostly really great experiences with people um from it um going to to flow kc that used to mm-hmm. to be a thing back in 2019 and it, it's really been inspired by a lot of people but especially some of the people who've who've actually had a hand in in actively helping develop the community absolutely because um, that is really what it takes if you want it to be better you know mm-hmm. So have you ever helped mentor anybody else or help anybody else train? And how did that experience go? I mean, definitely a little bit. Um, uh, really pretty basically at mm-hmm. this point. But I mean, for instance, I've, I've bounced different things off of uh, somebody who's been teaching me poi, a fellow performer, Alex Vineyard. Um, he, uh, we kind of have spun nunchucks and poi together because he actually does spin nunchucks as well. And and it's been interesting to discover things and actually be able to teach him some things Absolutely. with nunchucks, you know, because honestly, that's something I love about the, the community specifically is, is the skill sharing that happens mm-hmm. between different people. Um, it, it just brings me back to some of the energy of, of when I taught martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really been an interesting part of it. It's a really different experience versus when I was teaching Taekwondo. Don't absolutely, get me wrong, absolutely. but it has some things in common from mm-hmm. that experience. And it, it, it there's so much know, it, it, martial it, arts it, out there. And obviously there's so much flow out there that there's always something new to learn. Yeah. I love sharing with people. So it, it's that kind of thing for mm-hmm. me. It's just like, like I said, we, we, we all get better the more people are involved, you know? So what do you think is your favorite part about the flow art community? It would probably have to be what you had mentioned about the, the EDM community the inclusivity, because like that was a big overlap that I noticed Mm -hmm. in the beginning. It, it, it was interesting and it, it made me feel accepted in a way even more than, than some of the, the other kinds of, I guess you could say groups that I've been a part of, like, Mm -hmm. like, uh, doing theater in, in college and doing music as a music student. Um, it was something that was, and, you know, going back even to, to martial arts, it was something that was even more different than, than, you know, cause I I definitely felt like those things were for me, like, Mm -hmm. you know, felt at home doing them, but, but it became something new after that, after I started going to shows and after I started spinning LED chucks and then spinning fire and, and it definitely gives me that feeling of, of community. Like, I think that's really important and we kind of discount it. Absolutely. absolutely. In, in our society and our culture currently. Yeah. Everybody's so divided over everything, over politics, over this, over that. Every, everything's crazy right now. So it is nice that there is that community that everybody can just come together and participate in. They don't care about background, ethnicity, culture, or whatever the hell, whatever the hell people want to be divided over. And we're just coming together to do something we love. So what do you think is kind of the most rewarding part of your job? Of performing, I mean, honestly, the, the, the most rewarding thing for me is when 
when I know I can actually get people who are watching to actually be entertained or interested in it. Absolutely. Um, you know, because that's part of, you're not going to be entertained by things that you like, you look at and you go, I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was something that I saw at a Renaissance festival. Uh, mm-hmm. The times that I performed there, cause uh, really kind of, I ham something up that I do uh, mm-hmm. already do sometimes when I spin fire, but I do uh, the whole matrix backbend kind of thing. Um, and I do what's called a buzz saw while I'm spinning fire nunchucks. And it's really cool, but I've been kind of hamming it up and trying to hold it as long as I can. Mm-hmm. And actually hearing people cheer for that, like that must really, really make people sit there and go, wow, that's cool. And mm-hmm. that's probably because the end goal of, of especially performing for an audience is you have to consider your audience in Absolutely. some way, like in whatever particular performing, whether it's music and even other mediums like art, um, visual art and such. But uh, it's probably one of the coolest things about it, like. Like being walked up to by little kids that are like, "Wow, that was so cool!" I'm like, yeah, I probably just blew that blew that That's little got, kid's that mind. That does got to be a really, and, really nice feeling. And kids remember those experiences, you absolutely, know. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that goes back to you know because I taught martial arts to all ages. Mm-hmm. And teaching kids was really a cool thing because I I hoped when I did it that I actually left some sort of impression mm-hmm. on that kid, and hopefully that in some way might have helped them be a better kid or even yeah. maybe a better adult later on. So like, Absolutely. maybe even aspire that inspire them to get into flow arts too. Maybe a little, you'll get some girl who already hula hoops and like, Oh, well maybe I can do, do more with this hula hoop. So on the ca- kind of the counter end of that, what do you think is the most stressful part of your job? Most stressful, uh, probably the fact that, you know, when <sighs> When I'm at a festival like Dance Fest, I'm I'm I, I usually can't put my my uh, LED nunchucks down, so probably keeping up the whole time when it mm-hmm. comes to something like Dance Fest. But in general, maybe I don't know. Probably probably just getting back to regular life because I currently still work a day job, mm-hmm. like. Absolutely. The in between, you know, the in between is probably the hardest about it now. Like, it probably becomes something different if it was my sole source of income, because then it'd mm-hmm. be a lot, of, a lot of performing. So, mm-hmm. everybody gets those blues when they have to go home from the festival, <laughs> <laughs> go back to work. So I understand that completely. It's, yeah, it's definitely a thing right now. So, what do you think was your best performance, and what do you think made it stand out? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, probably, oh, this is a hard one. Um, honestly, probably two performances I did at Renaissance mm-hmm. Festival recently because um, I managed to actually land uh, a double toss I've been working on. Oof. I did it in two different burns that day at Renaissance Festival. Um, I've done a couple double tosses with, with fire. But it's usually just in like the nunchucks are spinning inward. Mm-hmm. Um, but on this one, they're spinning out when I toss them. Oof. And it's just, it's a harder motion to do with both hands. Mm-hmm. And then it's harder to catch them too. And they're, it's easier for them to go too far out. And I had tried it once with fire before. You know, mm-hmm. I've been working on it with the nunchucks with a not on fire. Mm-hmm. But I had tried it once with fire before and hadn't managed to do it. So 
that was honestly probably one of my favorite performances yet because I managed to do something difficult that I've been working on for a while with fire. Absolutely. And when you're at Renfest, that spirit of the dragon comes down <laughs> and obviously possesses you, gives you that li- little extra edge. The the god of fire came to me and imparted <laughs> his wisdom. Imparted his wisdom. <laughs> okay, so on the counter side of that, because I love countering, what do you think is one of your worst performances and what do you think you kind of learned from it? Oh, it... It would have to be the beginning of a a private party performance I did shortly after reconnection. There's an unfortunate thing where where now I'm really thankful that I have fire insurance. Um, I didn't throw fire at anyone. Mm-hmm. Like don't get me wrong, I didn't throw fire at anyone. This happened with LEDs. I did a a 15 minute LED 15 minute fire show for a private party and. The very first song I was spinning to, um, I, I attribute it to, I just wasn't quite warmed up yet, but <laughs> I definitely lost grip on a nunchuck when I was uh, doing a roll with it. And it definitely launched straight into this woman that was sitting on like probably her boyfriend or her husband's lap. And like, they were the closest people to me and like Oof. literally just launched it into her. It didn't like, didn't hurt her. Mm-hmm. It kind of bounced the right way with like mm-hmm. the part of the chair and stuff that it didn't really hit her very much, but it definitely sailed straight at her. Like, and it definitely startled her. And I, I kind of recovered from that. Cause like, I definitely, definitely went a little harder for the rest of the performance after I finally kind of got my wits back about me and recovered mm-hmm. mentally. Cause, cause honestly, while I was still flowing, I was the, the next 10 or 15 seconds after that, we're like, Ooh boy, how are you going to recover from this? <laughs> yeah. You got to really hit the rest of this thing. Um, but that was probably my worst so far. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. I definitely did a great job on the rest of it. I did an interesting thing too with, uh, one song in the middle, I did one LED nunchuck, one fire nunchuck. Um, fire. <laughs> fire and LED. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, what I need to do now is I need to find a way to set up a set of nunchucks that are fire on one side and LED on the oh, other. I've seen somebody do that online, but I don't quite have that capability yet. YouTube, man. YouTube, man. I'll teach you everything. YouTube, YouTube University. I just need to get some set up fire chucks with a loop end so I can just loop them together with one of my set's LEDs totally work okay so you ever kind of get depressed into a rut and what are some of the things you do to get out of that mindset honestly it was kind of brought back to me by uh something a friend of mine uh gave me at uh rejuvenation Mm -hmm. recently it's a small they call it a restival a small festival that's done by reconnection locally Mm -hmm. around kansas city um but she gave me this uh card because she got these cards these inspirational cards to pass out to people at the the festival but the one she gave me said dance it out and that's honestly what i do absolutely i i go flow about it um i move like i need to get through the winter by quitting cigarettes and running because that's another way but generally movement i've noticed is definitely how i get out of something like that i get that i get that completely like i'll be stuck in bed for a week but once i start I'll make myself go on a walk or I'll make myself go on a jog. And once I kind of get that adrenaline and get those endorphins going, I feel way better. So I get that completely. Okay. So what is one random fun memory that pops, pops in your head when thinking back through your entire career? So far, I mean, 
there's definitely a, a, a few in there. Um, it's going to be hard to pick one. You don't have to um, pick one. You, you, you can list <laughs> off a couple. I mean, probably something that still stands out so much to me was the show I was talking about mm -hmm. earlier, the first warehouse show I went to mm -hmm. on my 30th birthday, because that was kind of... Never been to an underground rave at that point. Absolutely. It, I remember my a, first warehouse show. You know, I'd been to some flow shows. I'd been to a, you know, I'd been to a big show. I had also gone to Ganja White Night at the beginning in the spring of 2018. I didn't stay for that whole show, though, but uh, uh, it was probably that show because I was just, I was stunned, number one, by how many people were there. Mm -hmm. um, and... I managed to flow that whole show even with that amount of people. And like, <laughs> I, I managed to just carve out this space back behind one of the beams and just kept moving around and making my way so I could keep going, like adjust and adjust and adjust. But that definitely stands out because that was, I'd been flowing for a couple months at that point more regularly than I, you know, say um, before, like, because uh, the years before that, it was just a sporadic thing. Like mm -hmm. I'd spend some foam nunchucks and I might not do it for another couple of weeks or something. Absolutely. But it was definitely doing it more often going to flow. And that was, mm -hmm. that really, that kickstarted it. Cause you know, then I'm going out to, you know, shows I'm, I'm going to flow every so often I'm going to parks spinning. Like I'm just finding all the opportunities mm -hmm. to do it. Um, and that really, that show kind of kicked that off for me. So that probably really, I'd have to say that one still. Right, absolutely. Like, that sounds like a lo lo lovely memory. The, so the Genesis, you could say. Mm -hmm. So what, would, what do you think is some of the best advice that you have been given? Or some of the best advice that you have been given? It would, it would probably have to come from somebody that I follow on Instagram who mm -hmm. I talked to. Uh, it was kind of crazy. It was, it was this guy I, I had seen some nunchuck videos from, and he was, he was an insanely good performer. Mm -hmm. You know, he was just so good with nunchucks, and he did, get, did kind of a uh, combination of a nunchuck and poi style mm -hmm. of spinning. And probably some advice that this guy gave me is, is Instagram is Xander Paris, but he's such an in, insanely good nunchuck spinner. But it was probably him telling me that uh, uh, if you want to be a performer, you have to, you know, you, you can't just be that person who's just there spinning a prop. Absolutely. You know, you... you you have to try to make it more than that because, you know, if you want to actually make it entertainment for people, you, you have to kind of try to make a package out of it. You know, mm -hmm. if, you, if you want it to, to be really something that people are interested in because, you know, you can do all the tricks all day long, you know, but if you're always just wearing the same, same you know, outfit, just bland, regular pants, regular shirt, you know, you know, there's there's so many different aspects to performing more than just whatever your prop movement is, you know, um, I tried to kind of do a little bit of that, you know, just a little bit of acting at Renaissance festival Absolutely. with, with the, some of the performances I did, you know, I created a character out of it. We were Vikings. So I named myself Ragnar and, Ragnar, you know, the kind of made up this story of how I was, was, a Viking who had searched the world for the strangest weapons and found nunchucks <laughs> in the far East. Yes. Like, so, you know, I try to, as much as I can, as much as, as really would work with something, I try mm -hmm. to think of that kind of stuff and like... Put some character you know, into it, put that emotion yeah. into it, put a bit of the, put yourself into it. The acting I did helps, definitely, but, but mm -hmm. 
That was probably the best advice, making it more than just, you know, you're not just spinning a thing. Mm. You're, you're trying to make this something that people actually want to be interested in, you know. Absolutely. Um, okay. So what are your long-term professional goals as, your, as an artist, and how do you see yourself evolving in the next five years? I mean, I definitely want to be doing more festivals. You know, that's, that's a goal to be, to be traveling to different things. Um, in the next five years, oof, I, would, I would definitely want to regularly be doing that, even if I still have to have a day job. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying to make it, you know, I'm trying to make it and stay in the current day job I have, though, because there actually could possibly be opportunities for something that was flexible that I could do through that do job. Bo do both. Um, yeah, I do vehicle upfitting, and mm -hmm. if I could ever become a mobile technician and kind of be like, quote on call or traveling mm -hmm. you know maybe i could find a way to to work that in with absolutely. traveling to festivals and absolutely you know that's where i could definitely see myself in that amount of time um i definitely want to get back into music more because i i am a musician and I actually do want to actually become a dj and a producer as well but that's that's mm -hmm. yeah i would definitely like to be at least starting to do that in mm -hmm. the next five years as well because like there's just I have a lot of like ideas with that, like with, you know, making music and being mm -hmm. able to actually spin to your own music, that you know, cool. in a performance, that you know, would be absolutely amazing. Like, you can actually have, have the choreography in your mind while you're making it. That that is really cool. So what kind of music would you want to make more house, more kind of dubstep, more trap? What I would probably be more around some somewhat of a combination of like less less dubstep necessarily not that i don't like some of it for sure i have a taste for almost all edm music mm -hmm. at this point i was i just did it that's terrible i said edm music <laughs> oh man but anyway um i definitely would would want to do some more combination of like maybe edging more towards bass house um um, but I definitely do have a taste for all of it. I love love mm -hmm. funk. I love jazz. I love a lot of different music. And I feel like I would, I would kind of be somebody who would would bounce around more with stuff. Absolutely. So if you could perform at any venue or festival in the world, be it Lost Lands, be it Red Rocks, be it uh, Bass Canyon, what would be your absolute dream to flow at? I think at this point it's probably still Electric Forest. Oh, um, just that festival really looks like one that would be pretty high on my list. Don't get me wrong. I went to Okeechobee in 2017. It would be really cool to flow at Okeechobee. But I think at this point, just because of the whole, I don't know, there's just some part of the aesthetic about Electric Forest to me that I, I would really I love the forest. I would love, love the forest. To, to spin there for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so we are running a bit about on time. So do you have anybody you want to shout out? Where can we see you playing, flowing next? Um, if you are going at any point to uh, Exiled Haunted Tours over mm -hmm. the next rest of uh, October, um, you might see me and uh, potentially Jay. well, definitely Jayla. You might potentially mm -hmm. see me as well. I'll actually be performing there this Saturday, tomorrow night. Um, but I'm trying to remember who else might be there. It might be my friend Ashley, but uh, that's where you could see me next if you wanted to see me spin some fire oh, or yeah. something. Um, let's see. 
definitely um if you're looking for fire performers i want to shout out my roommate tammy stipe and my friend alex vineyard <laughs> they're amazing performers um and after that just honestly a lot of the i would have to list off way too many names but probably the whole flow and rave communities um because without that i wouldn't have ended up starting to spin fire and like it's just a whole process of stuff and without the beginning of that you know i don't know who knows hmm. who knows but well i would like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on i absolutely appreciate it this is my first flow arts podcast so i'm pretty pretty excited about this and yeah i'd like to thank you for coming on and i really really appreciate it this obviously i'm gonna hone my script and figure out figure out more so i'd love to have you on again in the future but thank you so much for taking the time to come on oh one more uh, quick shout out amber mm-hmm. snively who couldn't be here um for the podcast you guys we tried to do before um She's definitely somebody that, that inspired me in the community. So I just wanted to say that one more time since, since we never had a chance to do that. Yeah, that definitely, definitely would together. still Maybe like to get her on sometime yeah. or get something coordinated. Mm-hmm. But thank anyway. you again. Thank you yeah. so much. And Kansas City, thank you for listening. You guys are awesome. Remember, ratings, like, shares, subscribes are absolutely appreciated. Remember, uh, fuck the government, fuck Putin, uh, fuck fentanyl dealers, and most... Most importantly, fuck fuck rapists, but not actually fuck rapists. Screw rapists. You stay sexy, Kansas City.